You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, darkness, my old friend. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. Hanging out with you on a Wednesday as uh, the NFL playoffs about to kick off this weekend. And without controversy, looks like the Cleveland Browns will be without their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, who's been really incredible in his first season after just years and years of just futility and losing. Kevin Stefanski seems to be the right guy. And unfortunately, he will not be on the sidelines for the Browns. And Alex... I think the Cardinals and their fans would kill to have a playoff game without their head coach. Come on. <laughs> Is that We're too much? Pandemic, bro. <laughs> it's not time to joke. What kind of awful person would ever say anything about that and not ask me if it was okay to tweet it out? Um, I have nothing to do with that. Yeah, I mean, notwithstanding the health, because that's number one thing, I think the sure. Arizona Cardinals would love it. Now, hypothetically speaking, 2020 season – do the Cardinals win more games with Vance Joseph as the head coach and Cliff Kingsbury just calling plays offensively? I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I still believe that this Cardinals team lacked the play calling, the continuity as far as the play calling was concerned. I I don't think that Cliff Kingsbury fell short because he had too much on his plate as far as a head coach. And I don't think Vance, jo- I think Vance Joseph has shown that he's not a head coach caliber coach at the NFL level either even though his defense played a lot better than Cliff's offense down the stretch. So I don't think so. I don't think in-house there's a guy on the staff that, you know, would have changed their fortunes this season. I mean, it's fair. I mean, obviously it's, it's all hypothetical and it's not really anything that, uh, <laughs> that you, you can't change anything that happened. Uh, just looking at it again, another day removed. I'm just, how did the Cardinals miss the playoffs? You know, like it's just, it's, we slowly started to see the diminishing of positive plays, the overbearing nature of, oh no, this is happening again in some capacity with the Arizona Cardinals fan base. But still, I'm shocked, still to this day, 72 hours later, that the Cardinals missed the playoffs. So they put themselves in a situation over the last eight or nine weeks of the season that week 17 would even matter regarding their playoff spot. I haven't heard enough from this organization that those, like those two losses were unacceptable, right? I haven't heard enough from the organization to make me believe that they, they feel the same way. And you, you want that. As a fan base, as somebody that covers the team, that they're going to hold themselves accountable and realize that they have to look at themselves in the mirror and change. You know, they're they're not a, a perfect product yet. They they're not they're not even a playoff team yet. With even though they had a much more talented roster from 2019 to 2020, like there there needs to be something has to to happen this off season to show that. They realized they they blew in a tremendous opportunity. Like unlike any other team had down the stretch in the NFL regular season. Like nobody had, you know, a better pass to the postseason than the Arizona Cardinals did in the final two weeks of the season. I, I don't think anybody can argue that. I mean, I know the Bears, they had Jacksonville, they've got to play Jacksonville and and they didn't even have to win 
to get in, but the Cardinals, all they had to do was beat an injury-ravaged 49ers team with their third-string quarterback under center, who was 1-9, and nine, and a, a quarterback that was playing in the AAF uh, in, in John Wolford in Week 17. That's all they had to do, and they couldn't do it. And right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, the Cardinals went from being a, like, a borderline laughing stock over, you know, the extent of their existence to, oh, they may be, you know, you know, making the curve here and making the turn and saying, you know what, oh no, they're going to be a relevant franchise now to being potentially even more of a laughing stock because they just crumbled over the last half of the season. Like, they didn't gain any sort of street cred or style points this year when the, you know, like the win probability meter, I wonder what the probability of them making the playoffs through eight weeks was. I mean, it had to be in the 70s. Right. And the fact that they lost that whole, they lost all the momentum they gained early on. And there, there, there are more questions now than there were to start the season. And that's unbelievable to me after what we saw through eight weeks. That being said, let's look ahead on this episode of Locked on Cardinals with Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked on Easy Cards, at Bob Rack, at Clancy's Corner, to the opponents for 2021. Because Alex has outlined that during the 2020 season, the Arizona Cardinals, as far as the quarterbacks they faced, you'd be hard-pressed to find a more favorable schedule. Uh, going forward, you know, in 2021, it's not going to be as, as a cupcake schedule for the Cardinals, especially p- facing opposing signal callers. We'll get into that as well as I had a dream last night, Alex. It was about the Cardinals, and um, I wish it was a reality, but I, I don't think it, it will be. It seems like the team is content with its leadership in the front office, on the coaching staff, but I'll tell you what it was on this episode, but... Let's get into that conversation about the schedule. The Arizona Cardinals, their 2021 opponents are set, and it's, of course, the NFC West, Rams, Seahawks, Niners, and then they play the NFC North, the Packers, the number one seed in this year's NFC playoffs. Also, you've got a Vikings team that was vying for a playoff spot. They fell short. You've got a Chicago Bears team that's in the playoffs, and then you've got uh, the Detroit Lions, for whatever reason, the streak doesn't stop. We have to witness another Lions-Cardinals matchup in 2021. It seems just like every year. It's like their unofficial non-division rival is the Detroit Lions, and I couldn't, you couldn't think of a worse non-division rival than the Lions. They, they don't excite me at all. And then you've got, uh, the NFC, you've got a couple NFC South games. You've got some third-place teams that you'll face off with, and then you've got the AFC South, which is a tough division. Titans, solid squad. And you've got the Colts, another playoff team, and then you've got uh, the the bottom feeders. But I think a lot of people are scared by Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans that they're just a couple players away and a good head coach away from contending again. And then Jacksonville, they'll be better. They'll have the top pick, uh, but you should beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. All that being said, I mean, I don't view this schedule as favorable as last season, this past season's schedule. No, definitely not. Um, the only reason I'm excited about this is because hopefully COVID will clear up soon and I'll be able to go to uh, the eight Cardinals home games and sit in the press box and get to watch Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Miami, you know, Minnesota Vikings, Deshaun Watson, the Colts. <laughs> and I mean, that's going to be exciting when 
the list of quarterbacks that we've seen this year are crap box in 2018 when you you know when you and I would cover games together the the home the teams that they would play at home were crap like the fact that we get a little sexiness in the day to day when you go to Cardinals games going to be fantastic now if you look at this and a lot of this is predicated upon as we saw this year when you play which teams if you're playing Green Bay in week 15, it's not as favorable as playing them in the earlier part of the season. Or if you're going to Soldier Field in week 17 in Chicago, it's a little different than going there in October. You know, so a lot of this is going to be different. I hope, Bo, we get another chance for the Cardinals to play a flipping Thanksgiving game against Dallas. Do it this year. Damn it. Do it. The sexiness is there. If they have Dak Prescott or somebody else, they draft a quarterback, the sexiness is going to be there. DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, the second year. Why the hell not have that be the Thanksgiving game? That's what I want. That's what I'm pounding all of the tables for. I'm going to start it now. We have until, I don't know, we got several months until the actual schedule comes out. I'll be pounding the table for a Thanksgiving Day game for the Cardinals until then. And it's another game that would be at the Jerry Dome. Like, unfortunately, it's not going to be a home game for the Cardinals. And, yeah, I mean, I want to be able – I want to have, you know, while I'm – because it's always the middle game of the Thanksgiving triple header, the Dallas game. Yeah, it would be awesome if the Cardinals – while food's being prepared and you're sitting down maybe having a couple drinks, you're watching the Cardinals take on the Cowboys – uh, you know, that, that annual tradition of, of Dallas hosting a game on Thanksgiving. Absolutely. But you're right, I mean, about the quarterbacks. Goff, Wilson, Jimmy G, or potentially a first-rounder, or whatever direction the Niners decide to go at the quarterback position this offseason. Rodgers, probably Kirk Cousins for the Vikings, Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, as far as you've got the top pick in the NFL draft, probably Trevor Lawrence playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and I think Dak Prescott's back there for the Cowboys. I mean, that's a, a big, that's a murderous row of quarterbacks in this day and age of the NFL. I mean, it doesn't. And, and when you have a good quarterback, and we've seen with the, with the Cardinals, and when they're playing at a high level, sometimes that's all you need, and that's a big enough threat for these for, for the opposing team. The Cardinals right now, as I see it, there's only a handful of winnable games. Like where I feel comfortable in picking the Cardinals to win. And two, those, two of those three games, Alex, the Cardinals lost this season. Like, the Panthers and the Lions are the two, like, real beatable teams, along with the Jaguars, on the Cardinals' schedule next season that I can comfortably say, okay, they should win that game. And they lost those games this season. So what, that makes me look like an idiot. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, everybody did. And the Detroit Lions' loss, I believe, was the tiebreaker that got the Bears in the playoffs with, uh, with this year, with the... Um, shared opponent's record, I believe that that was the game the Cardinals lost that got the Bears into the playoffs. So there's going to be some history with that as well. Yeah, breaking down this schedule even more, we'll do that in the next couple minutes. Plus, we'll get back to looking at, uh, you know, the Cardinals coaching staff. Or where Where is the change? Where's the head that's actually going to roll as far as this Cardinals organization for coming up short in the 2020 regular season? We'll get into that. Plus, my dream. I'll tell you, what. was it a dream or was it a nightmare? We'll get into it. It's all coming up. It's Bo. It's Alex. Follow us on Twitter at Bob Rack, at Clancy's Corner. Of course, the show at Locked on AZ Cards. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is the exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers 
working today. I wish this was around when I was getting engaged. When I was going to pop the question, I wish there was these incredible one-of-a-kind engagement rings at my disposal using only diamonds. Responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana. Ten design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18, just days away at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches January 18th. Don't forget, and you can preview them exclusively at BlueNile.com. I had a dream last night that the Arizona Cardinals fired Steve Kime. I did. An and, I, and in my dream, I was like, wow, it's about time. It's about <laughs> time. This this move makes complete sense. If they finally, Michael Bidwell finally came to his senses and they fired Steve Kime. And it was like a couple days after the regular season ended. I don't know. It was most certainly not a nightmare, but it's not going to become a reality. I mean, Steve Kime, though, when you look at this roster, how much blame do you put on Steve Kime for the downfall of the 2020 season? I mean, directly? Yeah. None. Okay. Now, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But we shouldn't be in this situation to begin with. Right. Having to cover a team that, that has a less than worthy head coach. You know, so I mean, it's like, it, I mean, it's like how much, how much fault does Mike McCarthy have this year with Dak Prescott going out and him having injuries all year? It's kind of the same thing. It's like, it's not his fault that Dak got hurt. It's nobody's fault. But you're trying to win games with a backup quarterback the whole year with, you know, losing pieces on defense, having Zeke underperform, having the offensive line be decimated. Like, how much is the fault of the head coach? You know, obviously the head coach will have more blame because they're directly, you know, they're directly correlated to play calling and stuff like that. But yeah, Steve Kime shouldn't have any sort of effect on this, specifically their win-loss record this year. Yeah, I thought that the Arizona Cardinals, as far as injuries were concerned, were relatively healthy. You know, I know that Kyler Murray down the stretch was dealing with, with a couple nagging injuries, whether it was his shoulder, whether it was his leg. Um, but he was still be he was able to get in there outside of you know between the first series and the final quarter of the regular season finale he was able to kind of stay in there and make plays for this team. Uh, I I but when you kind of peel back the onion and you look at it like the off season right he got DeAndre Hopkins and you and I have kind of mentioned that that was a that was a sweetheart deal between two team presidents really and owners more so than it was Steve Kime pulling off highway robbery of Bill O'Brien and, and the Houston Texans, how he acquired DeAndre Hopkins, not necessarily, it, you, you can't put that at the top of Steve Kime's resume. So when you look at the offseason, Alex, like he drafted Isaiah Simmons in the first round, who was played sparingly. He, he very rarely saw 50% of the snaps, and his impact with that was minimal. And then you look at the next draft pick that he had, Josh Jones was basically a red shirt. He would only come in in like, uh, you know, goal line packages. And then you would have, I mean, he had a couple fourth rounders that saw some playing time before a couple injuries as far as the defensive line. And then after that, you didn't see the linebacker from Cal, Weaver, or Eno Benjamin. He didn't, with, with a couple opportunities at the running back position, he didn't even sniff the active roster. You know, it was another, you know, unsuccessful draft or at least were a draft where guys weren't making immediate impacts. Um, when you look at his free agency crop, I think you can say that that was a success. Unfortunately, Jordan Phillips couldn't get on the field due to injuries. 
I'm not going to put that on Kime. But also, you Devondre Campbell played very well in coverage and was nice as far as a tackler and playmaker. And then Devon Kennard and the guy who couldn't get on the field. But I, I, you saw their impact when they were in the lineup. I just it was it was another you know average to below average off season for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean it, and that's hard to do when you acquire DeAndre Hopkins. You know, I mean it's it's just. And I, I don't know if you're if we're being totally fair with that statement regarding the draft. You're right. Immediate impact, sure. Isaiah Simmons looks like a sore, a sore thumb at this point. And a lot of that, again, just like the Andy Isabella effect, the worst Andy Isabella's biggest fault is that he's, that he's not DK Metcalf. And Isaiah Simmons' biggest fault at this point, aside from the unnecessary roughness uh, leading with the helmet hits, is he's not Tristan Wirfs or Jedrick Wills. That's still the reason that people look at Isaiah Simmons with extra extra added pressure and extra added disappointment because he's not what the Cardinals needed the most, and or a cornerback for that matter. And it's we'll see what happens. Lucky Foto and Rashard Lawrence played fine this year. You right. know, they're rotational players at this point. But who knows? I mean, they could blossom. You're, you're not always going to be a gangbuster right away. I mean, it's not Derek Brown uh, with Carolina right away. Um, I just... Again, you and I, it feels like we're talking in circles. We're not, but it's like there's so many needs that have just been exacerbated and and uh, put under a magnifying glass even more because they didn't make the playoffs. Right. I just like still such a shell shock situation that we're not talking about going to Seattle because that's what would happen. We the Cardinals would be playing Seattle this weekend if they won on Sunday. Right. And and the, but the the Cardinals especially in the the draft. They're not finding players beyond the first round. And and really you could you could say even from the first round on because Kyler Murray is really the first first rounder that made an immediate impact for Steve Kime. Uh, that are consistently making plays. Like Byron Murphy flashed. He had a couple sacks, made a couple in the first game. Uh he made the game winning, he batted down the game winning potential touchdown pass from Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but there was times where he was vulnerable in pass coverage. And then you look at uh, Christian Kirk, who popped for a couple games, like a th- four- to five-game stretch, where he had a great run, and then he disappeared. Those are second-round picks. Like, you need to find guys that are consistent performing. Buda Baker, absolutely. I'll give him, you know, Steve Kime credit where it's due, where he made the move to move up to grab uh, Buda Baker. But outside of that, I mean, there are exceptions. There, it's not... It's not Steve Kime going and consistently finding players in a specific round that are that are contributing to this team. Like they it's an exception. Like Kyler Murray's the exception for first rounders for Steve Kime. Because otherwise they've been flops. You know, Hassan Rennick, I mean, they declined his option for a reason. He he wasn't he wasn't a guy that was contributing to this football team until his you know, he's staring down being out of the league if he doesn't perform this year, and he performed great, thirteen sacks. But then you had, you know, DJ Humphreys took until his his fifth year option year to become a, a, a regular player. You know, the starting caliber left tackle that they envisioned when they took him in the first round. Second rounders, I mean, outside of Buda Baker, you, you can barely find guys that have contributed out of that draft spot. Third rounders, yeah, you've got DJ. You got David Johnson who popped for a season. And then you had Tyron Matthew. Fourth rounders, Hakeem Butler was released. After his second in his second season, I mean, this is just—they're not getting enough out of their draft. And uh, you know, 
like I said, where's the accountability? You know, is Michael Bidwell, is there meetings saying, hey, this is unacceptable. Like, we had some nice things happen, but we're still so far away from where this organization needs to be. With the assets that it had following the the worst year of this franchise's history, which is incredible that it happened in 2018 after the 90s happened, you know, what, what did they really take advantage of having the top pick in each round of that draft? You know, I, I don't know. I, I think the answer is no. And they've got to have another tremendous offseason to get this team to the next level because as of right now, they're returning the status quo and the coaching staff. And we we know that we, we saw it. Ha- they fell short at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, we, we've had all these conversations before. Like, I was hoping we'd have a reprieve where we could talk about something positive and not go back to negative town. And there's just – there's really nothing. We talked a little bit yesterday. Like, what were some bright spots? I, Buda Baker was a bright spot. You know, he's somebody that – it earned the money. He's a leader of the defense. The Cardinals needed it. Now they have it. Um, DeAndre Hopkins was a bright spot. For I mean, without DeAndre Hopkins, this team is very different. This team is maybe a six-win team, maybe. You know, and the fact that you have him, he's he's top three in reception in uh, receiving yards in the league. He had he had a handful of touchdowns. Like they didn't utilize him to the to the utmost, but he's still a bright spot. DJ Humphreys, I guess, is a bright spot. But other than that, man, I mean, Kyler Murray played fine. Yeah, but he's not. He took he took a step forward, but he's not taking leaps and bounds forward like we've seen from other young quarterbacks. And sure, it took Josh Allen three years to figure out how to play in the NFL. But he's also six six and can run over linebackers, so he has a different skill set. It's just, it's difficult to find a sugar coating on the situation they're in right now. It's Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, locked on Cardinals. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Easy Cards. At Bob Rack, at Clancy's Corner. One last look at the 2021 opponents and what are the Cardinals going to do to show that they're accountable this offseason? It's locked on Cardinals. Look, you're downtrodden. You're bummed out. The Arizona Cardinals aren't playing in the NFL playoffs this weekend, but here's how you can get back in on the action, how you can lift your spirits. BetOnline.ag. Are you ready for some football? Of course you are. You've got some college football playoff championship to look forward to. Looking at the spread on that one. Bama favored. Do you like Ohio State as the sneaky underdog? NFL regular season in the rearview mirror. So you've got your playoff picture set. Browns, Steelers. How's that spread going to go with the Browns without their head coach? There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code Locked On. one word, for your 50% welcome bonus. Yeah, that means if you put in $100, bucks, you will get $50 free dollars to play with. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus. 1000 bucks gets you $500 free dollars on your first visit. BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. You guys continue to light it up on Twitter at Lockdown Easy Cards. We saw a big pop as far as followers, and I think that's because Alex people appreciate us being candid, transparent, and not sugarcoating anything as far as the Cardinals go. We're not going to sit here and say, "Well, you saw, you said that you would sign up for an eight and eight season. 
you got your eight and eight season. Cliff Kingsbury, he was the one that guided him there. You and I saw it differently. We you, everybody witnessed this thing play out, and we witnessed the downfall. And I think people appreciate our candidness, and uh, it, we're seeing that as far as people jumping on board on Twitter. We appreciate you, of course. We're always willing to uh, you know interact and talk Cardinals football with you. So hit us up at Lockdown AZ Cards at Bob Rack at Clancy's Corner. So one last thing about this schedule coming out. As the team, uh, it's, it gets a third-place schedule. You know, they'll take on teams um, like the the Dallas Cowboys and they'll take on teams like the Detroit Lions and, uh, you know, all these bad squads. But then mixed in it, they have to take on the AFC South. They have to take on the NFC North. And w- the way we looked at it is you're facing some talented quarterbacks all up and down the board. And the three games that I've got highlighted as winnable games are two teams that the Cardinals lost to uh, you know, if they take care of business against teams like the Vikings and the Texans, there's a couple more wins. Approaching 500 could be trying if the Arizona Cardinals don't do something. If they don't have an equal move to the acquisition of DeAndre Hopkins in the previous offseason. Yeah, I mean, it's big boy time. I mean, now what the one thing they have done this year is made themselves somewhat relevant. Still laughable because they didn't make the playoffs with the, you know, with the big start that they had, but they're still relevant. And the fact that now is the time to actually put the pedal to the metal is what scares me about Steve Kime. It's like, and we'll talk about this a lot through the offseason, depending on, you know, the draft stock of specific positions. Do the Cardinals draft a wide receiver in the first round, which seems ridiculous when they should have done it last year. You might have to punt this year, even though the wide receiving draft uh, is uh, the wide receivers coming out in the draft. It's so deep, but so is, you know, a free agency. Do they go out and get an offensive lineman in free agency or draft them in the first round? The allocation of salary cap funds is going to be paramount for it to be perfect and figure out what positions you want to target in the draft and what positions you want to target in free agency. Steve Kime, yeah, you cannot backtrack at this point. There needs to be additions and not just, oh, we missed on this person again. You have to hit on the draft. You have to hit on free agency, or this is going to be another 8-8 eight and eight season, and Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury are going to be gone. And then you're going to be three years into Kyler Murray's rookie-scale contract, and it's going to be mostly a waste. Right, and then he's going to eat up about 14 to 15% of your salary cap because you're going to he's going to command a huge salary, you know, after year four or five. It depends on which way, which direction the Arizona Cardinals go. And in that process, it's temperamental to say the least. I mean, if you, you're you seeing guys, you know, Goff got it, Wentz got it, uh, Deshaun Watson got it, Mahomes got it, where they were paid before the end of their rookie scale deal, you know, is Kyler Murray going to take it as a slap to face if he doesn't get – you know, his extension before his deal runs out and consider hitting the free agent market or forcing the Cardinals' hand to use a uh, franchise tag. I mean, that's an interesting conversation in itself. You know, the Arizona Cardinals right now, this is a pivotal offseason for them. You know, it was it was important for them to take, you know, turn the corner and go from a bottom feeder to a team that, you know, where they were exactly this season. Like, are they a contender? Are, do they still have a b- bunch of holes? And, and we realized at the end of the day, that they they still had a bunch of holes. You got to fill those now. You can't take a step back because if you do, you're completely t- you know putting handicapping yourself uh, and taking advantage of of that rookie scale contract. And not a lot of teams have have failed in in doing that. And the teams that have Alex, they're just not good franchises. They're the Jets. You know, it, it, they couldn't take advantage of of Sam Darnold. The Bills were a team that 
didn't make the postseason for close to two decades. They were able to build around Josh Allen and get this team to where they are now. Um, and, and the Cardinals, if they fall short of that, then the, this whole thing has is, is been a failure. And, and the people that, that were in place making the decisions need to be held accountable for that. <laughs> I keep on saying that word, but I'm looking for it. I'm, I'm hoping for it. I mean, I just don't like we've been snake bitten so many times um, with, you know, the lack of accountability. Yeah. So obviously we're going to be like, you know what? When's this going to happen? When, when are when is this going to be run like a normal organization? When, you know, you draft people, you hold people accountable. And it's just it's I Bo, we've gone down this road so many times and it's still relevant to talk about. And that in and of itself should be just show the microcosm of where the Cardinals have been pretty much for the entirety of their existence. And if they don't do something this offseason, if they don't make the playoffs next year, you're right. This could be a huge waste of time. We are a week earlier than expected, at least as far as previewing the Arizona Cardinals offseason. But that's what this podcast has become. And uh, it's going to be kind of – look, I I enjoy talking offseason moves. I enjoy previewing free agency. I enjoy looking at the draft, the big draft head. But – um. You know, it, it is it is disappointing. Like I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, just jump into it and say, hey, the 2020 regular season failures are a thing of the past because they're not, and they have to resonate enough for this team to make the moves necessary to move forward. Uh, what they're going to do as far as the coaching staff, we'll see. We'll continue to preview that. We'll continue to get into Larry Fitzgerald's status. the The latest from that is it's going to be a while before we hear about Larry Fitzgerald. Just my my first knee jerk reaction is that if it's gonna be a while, I gotta imagine Fitz is probably angling to come back, and he's just trying to get as much money as possible. Patrick Peterson, he's set to hit free agency. What should the Cardinals do to bring him back? What type of deal? We envision we talked about that a little bit on Tuesday's episode. Check that out. Uh, and then Isaiah Simmons. You know what's gonna ha- what's next for the first rounder? We'll start to get into all of that. Plus, the Cardinals' major needs going into the offseason. We'll continue to identify those. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at Bob Brack, at Clancy's Corner, and of course at Lockdown Easy Cards. Have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.